We are reading from Titus, uh, first chapter, one through four. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness and hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior to Titus, my true child in common faith. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Henry. You can be seated. Let's pray together. Father, uh, it's so good to be able to uh, come together uh, in person and online, uh, to worship you along with our brothers and sisters in the Lord, with friends, with uh, people from throughout our community, and uh, wherever else you may be gathering us from today. God, we uh, come to you humbly asking uh, for you to work in our lives. Father, we're uh, humbled by uh, everything going on around us. We are desperate uh, for you to work and to speak in our lives. God, we know that apart from uh, your hand uh, upon us, your breath in our lungs, God, we would have nothing. And uh, so we, we come to you just fully dependent upon your grace. We're here by grace, and we are uh, worshiping by grace, and we pray, God, that you would speak now to us by your, through your word by grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today is the 10th of January, so 10 days into the new year, which means statistically a quarter of you have uh, already given up on your New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Most of us will wait till about halfway through February uh, to give up on our New Year's resolutions, but a quarter of us uh, have already done so. Uh, I don't know if you are, are in that camp of making a resolution, and if you are, uh, how, how much you've stuck to that. Uh, but whether or not you are officially writing down a resolution, making plans, many of us at least use the new year to be thinking about kind of new ways, new habits, new routines to kind of evaluate and, and see where we are and, and what we want to do. Because we, we all long for those changes, don't we? We, we all long for, for better habits. We long to be better people, to do good things. Those are, those are good things. We, nobody uh, turns a new year and uh, tries to be a worse person. Well, maybe, you know, some egomaniac crazy person but but most of us you know come to the new year and we want this year to be better and we personally want to be better we, we would love to be uh, the kind of people who have healthy eating habits all the time and a healthy uh, exercise routine and regimen that we stick to we would love to be the kind of people who are, are dedicated to our church and to our friends to have deep and meaningful relationships where where everything is, uh, all of our, our past hurts are mended and we have these uh, growing and thriving relationships. We, we long to be financially stable and, and making wise decisions there. Uh, and so we've got all these dreams for ourselves, right? And, and we have the same kind of ambitious dreams for our church family. We, we want to be a kind of people, a, a group of people that God uses in incredible ways. We, we want the, the, the fruit of what we do here to, to go far beyond what would seem possible for just a few of us uh, that make up this church family, right? We want to be the kind of people who regularly meet with God powerfully 
in worship. We want to be the kind of people who, who see new people come to faith and, and, and disciples grow deeper and deeper in the Lord. We, we long for all those things. And maybe as you turn into 2021, you're thinking about your life and thinking about our church, you're longing for those results, right? You're longing for the good things to happen. And it's that, that same longing that can make it so frustrating when, when, when we have a personal failure, when, when we don't meet a goal, when, when something doesn't go quite like we want, when we go from a full room to literally nobody here for eight weeks, you know? Like, it's hard to go backwards sometimes because we long for good things. And many of those are circumstantial and we can't plan for everything. We, we're not in charge of that. But, but when we come to our lives and we're, we're thinking about good results... What, what are we banking on? What, what are we trusting in? How do we, how do we strive after those kinds of improvements in the new year and, and wherever else it may be? Whether it's personal or church, one of, one of the main things we've got to think about, we've got to understand when it comes to pursuing changes, is that if we, if we only go after the action itself, then, then we may fall up short. And what I mean by that is many times we're, we're pursuing the fruit but not thinking about the root, right? Like if you're, if you're holding a, a cut branch and you're looking at it and you're staring at an apple still attached to that branch, you, you wouldn't sit there and wonder, why is that apple not growing? Why is it not getting any more ripe? What, what is wrong with this, right? Obviously it's cut. It's not going anywhere. We many times are, are so focused on the fruit, we, we forget about the roots, Sometimes the fruits are more visible, and that's the change we want. That's the, the life change. We, we long for the fruits to come in our lives and in our church and all around us, forgetting that if it's just a cut flower, it's going to wither. But if it's got deep roots, roots in what really matters most, that, that's what's going to lead to fruit. That's what's going to lead to change. Today we come to the book of, of Titus. Over the next few weeks, we're going to dive into this short letter, this short book together and Titus is immensely practical. It is, I mean, it is filled with commands. It is filled with direct things about the way we should live. But it's not just focused on the fruit. It is grounded deeply in the roots. In fact, Titus uses multiple phrases, multiple ways he describes it. But I, I pulled out two uh, phrases that Paul writes to, to Titus to give as our, our, our series title because this is really what the whole book is about. The whole book is about being sound in doctrine and zealous for good works. Amen. Being sound in doctrine, what we believe, where our roots are, where we're, we're being grounded, where, where are you focused deep down? And if we focus on that, if we pursue that, then it, it's going to, and we pursue how it leads into being zealous for good works. Sound in doctrine and zealous in good works. Titus was a, a friend of Paul's. You can find him in 2 Corinthians and Galatians as Paul's going about his missionary journeys and he's doing a number of, uh, of different things with Titus. But then apparently, we don't have the record of, of the, the background behind this, but they apparently shared together a mission on an island called Crete, which is off the coast of Greece in the Mediterranean Sea. And they came there and began sharing the gospel and planting churches, starting new churches. Paul goes on to do other ministry, but he leaves Titus behind as a way of, of helping to encourage and strengthen these churches. And so he's writing this letter back to Titus about sound doctrine and being zealous for good works as a way of strengthening and edifying these churches to be who they're made to be. And as I thought about who's God, who, who God is calling Infinity Church to be, who, who God is calling all of us to be, 
I came to this letter as just a powerful reminder of what really makes us healthy, what, makes, what leads to good fruit, and what grounds us in sound doctrine. A good place for us to start is where Paul starts his purpose for the whole letter. Verse 1, he says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness. What, why is Paul writing this letter? What's his purpose? What's he trying to get at? Well, he mentions it right there at the beginning. For the sake of the faith of God's elect. He is writing to help the peop- Titus himself and the people he's ministering to and therefore us today. He's writing to help strengthen, encourage, or simply grow in faith. Grow in faith. Faith is about trust. It's about reliance, about dependence. And as you're thinking about changes you want to make in the year, and you're thinking about the ways you want God to move mightily, start here. Start with faith. What are you depending upon? Who are you relying on? What are you turning to to make a difference? Are you coming back to God in faith. Faith is about belief. What do, you, what do you deep down believe? What is your your doctrine? What do you understand about the Lord? What do you believe about Him? Faith is about a relationship. Are you walking with God daily? Are you spending time with Him, getting to know Him better and better? Is your life in relationship with the world or is your life in relationship with God? Grow in faith. And growing in faith means coming to know Him better and better. And you can see that how closely Paul puts these phrases together. He says, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth. To to believe in God is to know truth and to know Him truly as He truly is. To grow in faith is to trust Him more and to know Him better. Man, if there's anything I want to do in 2021, it's to trust God more and know Him better. Is that your prayer for 2021? That you would grow in faith. Grow in faith. Whatever else we grow in. Numbers, grow in ministry, grow in effect. Man, we gotta, we got to grow here first. got to grow in faith. And it starts with believing the truth. What, what is the truth? The truth is the gospel. The truth is the gospel message we've been, we have received and that we proclaim. To grow in faith is to grow into a deeper and deeper and better understanding of and life that flows out of the gospel. The gospel is that you and I were created in the image of God, and yet early on rejected Him, choosing to love ourselves more than we love Him. And yet God, in His abundant grace and mercy, according to His divine plan, sent His Son to display that love for us, who lived perfectly and then died in our place, paying for all the sins of everybody who puts their trust in Him. And then when He resurrected on the third day, He defeated sin and death once and for all. So that for everybody who believes in Him, we don't have to die forever, but get to be with Him in eternal life with God forever. That's the good news. That's the gospel. As we seek to grow in faith, what we're saying is we want to know that reality better and our lives be grounded more deeply in that truth. Grow in faith this year. And we hold firmly to that truth. I I love how he says, their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness. Truth, man, if anything's under attack in our world today, it's truth, isn't it? That is so debated, which seems, you know, 
like it's not possible. If it's true, it's true. And yet, what is more debated than truth today? Whether that be from a, a kind of pluralistic worldview that, that we exist in. Everybody says, hey, that's your truth. This is my truth. You believe that. I'll believe this and we'll just be fine, right? That, that would be great, except for there can only be one truth, right? There's only, that's the whole point. It's just, there's just one of them. There's just truth. And that, that may be a, a struggle for some of you, especially in your, your workplaces and the people you face where, where you're struggling to say, no, there really is just, just one truth. We, we've got to know that deeply and, and live that out, and that'll come out. I think another place that's under attack is the fact that so much of our world today, uh, our, our mental space, uh, the, what we read, what we see, the, the words that fill it are, are, are political and they're social media driven, aren't they? And if you want to try to find truth on social media, man, it's good luck, right? It is so hard. It is so hard. Our minds are so infiltrated. It becomes hard to, to figure out what is truth. Somebody says something that sounds true and you're like, okay, you know, we, we, gotta, we got the truth, right? Amen. We got the truth. Let's, let's stick with the Bible. Let's stick with the truth. And as Christians, we've got to stand on that for many reasons. For the sake of your own soul. Like Caitlin made a reference to something she saw on the news this week, and I hadn't seen it. And I'm like, yeah, for the sake of my own soul, like I haven't, I, don't, I have to be careful about what I let in because it, it just bogs me down. But I'll tell you another reason to, to be focused on the truth it's for the sake of your witness. Let me ask you this. If you had a, a co-worker who, who was, was always telling you that, that they were quick to tell you that this, they, they heard this this week and, and here's this theory and here's this conspiracy or truth, I don't know, you know, and then they tried to tell you something about God, would you listen to that person? Like if, if their mouth is always flowing with like half-truths and maybe-truths and, and a political slant this way, man, you were not going to come to that person to, to, to find out about the Lord? And as Christians, let's, let's don't be that person. Let's let our mouths, let's let our, our, our presence online, let's let uh, the way we talk to people, let it be so saturated in truth. Like let our yes be yes and our no be no, so that when we speak, people can say, I, I, I trust their word. I trust their word. They've done their homework and they speak the truth. We're going to grow in faith, trust, reliance on God. He's saying it, it, it's right there with truth. We've got to be people of the truth. As God's Word challenges us to the faith, it challenges us to the truth. And as we, as we, I think just in a few verses here, I know you're like, just four verses? I mean, what are we going to... But this is just, it's so rich. It's so rich because the deeper we know this, man, the more alive our faith will come. So let me give you just four observations about faith from this passage. And I, my prayer is that these will encourage our growth in faith. And the first one is this, our faith leads to godliness. Our faith leads to godliness. Verse 1 says, For the sake of the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness. So here's what he's saying right here from the beginning. This is going to be reworded over and over through Titus. It's the title of our series. But it's right here that these things go together. Our faith, what we believe, what we know about God, and our actions. Our faith leads to godliness. When we're rooted in God, it changes the way we live. When, our, when we're deeply planted on the truth, then our actions will show it. Faith and godliness go together. If you believe in the one true God, and you trust Him above everything else, and you know Him deeply and personally, 
it will impact the way you live. If you have only one of those things, you probably have neither, right? If you have only faith and no works, then probably your, your faith is there's something wrong with that. Or if you say, I'm a good person, but I, I don't believe in the Bible, then we need to check the definition of what good is. Good person, right? You, you can't really have one or the other. They go together. Belief and behavior. Creed and conduct. Doctrine and the way we live. i got to have a D word right there. Doctrine and deeds. There you go. Doctrine and deeds. They go together. They go together. Sound doctrine, zealous for good works. Notice that, that verse 2 adds to our understanding of that. Verse 2 says this, In hope of eternal life, which God who never dies promises before the ages begin. If, we, if we're, if we're going to grow in faith, then, then you can grow in faith because we have hope. We have hope. Man, this, this world is fleeting, isn't it? It is, it is so short. Like I know many of you are older than me, and so you're like, you're young, you, you don't know. But like, I, I remember, I still remember days when, you, when years like 2020 and 2021 sounded like they were in a sci-fi movie. Do you remember that? Like when you would hear those years, and it seemed like a far off time. But here we are, you know. I feel like an old person when I say that. I feel like when I was young, I heard people say that kind of stuff. But it, it is weird. We came, Amber and I came across uh, some reruns of Home Improvement this week. Do you remember that show? Man, good, wholesome television, right? Home Improvement turns 30 this year. I looked it up. It started in 1991. Eight seasons it ran. We, life is like this. It is, it's, you know, 2020 was a long year, but it is moving. It, the, the, our time is moving. Our, our life is a vapor. It is a mist. And so if you, if you don't know something that's eternal, man, it's just all going to be gone. It's all going to be gone. Listen, in hope of eternal life, we, our faith is what grounds us to something that is everlasting. That by definition, it always will be here. Eternal life is, is looking forward. We, we know God now fully. Like we, we know that one true God, not fully yet. But as we, we get older, as we, we go into eternity with Him, we will know Him more and more and more, right? For eternity, future, that's eternal life. But then the very next phrase he says, and he promised this before the ages began. And the word for ages and the word for eternal are the same word. So he's talking about ages to the front and ages to the back. Before all ages began, God made a promise. God, who is eternal, he said, this is my plan. And then he has been living it out ever since. There, our God is the only one who is eternal. And so when we grow in faith, we're growing in something that lasts. Something that is here forever. I, I don't know how people without faith live. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's got to be miserable. If you don't have hope, I, I think there's two options. Either you're miserable or you're just distracted, right? The only way, if you don't have hope beyond this life, I mean, you're going to be miserable or you're just going to focus on, maybe that's why TV and social media are so popular, right? We just distract ourselves so we don't have to ask big questions. But let's ask, let's, let's ask the big questions. Let's, why, why am I here? What is this about? Grow in faith as we, we come to know Him better and better and for eternity. Our, our, our faith is eternal. Our, our hope isn't in ourselves. We, we, we're not filled with hope because we, we have something. No, we hope in God. We hope in God. And notice in verse 1, He calls us uh, who have faith. We are God's elect. And here, here man, this is, this is the only reason why there's hope. We, we didn't, if, if our 
faith was dependent on only on us choosing God, we would unchoose Him the first time things got hard, right? But God, here's the, here's the beauty and the glory and the mystery of the Bible. God chose us. God came to us. He brought us into the family. God has had a chosen people all along, and the, the great mystery is that God chooses us and we choose Him. And how's that all good? I don't know, but God's holding it together, right? God is holding it together. For all who repent and believe, we realize God chose us first. We, we have hope, not because things are going according to our plan, but things are going according to His plan. He has given us life, and it is for eternity. And so I hope you can see this by now that this third thing is true. Our faith is worth proclaiming. Our faith is worth proclaiming. If this is who God is, He is eternal. He gives us hope. He gives us life. He's worth telling somebody about, right? He is worth sharing. The good news of the gospel is God's plan to save sinners. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep it to yourself. He says this in verse 3. Paul continues writing about this good news, and he says, At the proper time manifested, and I'm going to stop right there. So he's saying at, the, at the, just the right time, this, is, this was put on display. And, and if, you didn't, if you weren't looking at it, what would you expect the next thing to say? He's talking about the good news. He's talking about faith. And at just the right time, this thing happened so you would come to know him, right? Hey, I, I would think he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus came, And elsewhere, Hebrews 1 starts that way. Hebrews starts with at the proper time, you know, God sent his son you know, into, the, into the world so that we would know him. But right here, he's talking about how Titus and you and me come to know him. We didn't get to meet Jesus in person, so this is what he says. Um, he says in verse 3, At the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted. You and I didn't get to be like Paul where we got to meet Jesus face to face like Paul did on the road to Damascus. You know the way we met Jesus? Somebody told us about Him from the Word of God. They told us the truth based on Scripture. They shared the good news with us. Don't, don't miss the power of this. Because just like it was shared with you, you, you now have the authority to share it with other people. This is how we come in contact with the risen Savior of the world. The same way Titus, like he gets his name, Titus gets his name in big letters in a Bible, right? And you and I have the same authority he did. Like we, have, we have the same ability to receive the good news that Titus did. Titus heard it because somebody preached to him. And somebody preached to you and to me. And now we can share that with somebody else. Our faith is worth sharing. Our faith is worth proclaiming. This, this word here, I mean, it's powerful that the good news, this is how it goes forward. If you're a Christian, this is how you heard about the gospel. Jesus is truly and rightly displayed to us in His Word. That's, that's what we have here in the Bible. So don't, don't you think that's worth sharing with somebody? Don't you think that's worth passing along? Uh, all of us who know Jesus can make Him known to others. Paul says He's been entrusted by the command of God. God has laid a, a command on His life that He has to preach. And not everybody has the same calling, the same uh, command to, to preach. Some people do. But all of us are called to share it. Whether or not you're on a podium or standing you know, in front of people or having a scary camera looking at you all the time, you're still called to share this good news. This is worth proclaiming. All of us, 
I, I, like I spend enough time with you and with other people that I know. All of you can talk about something, can't you? If I, just, if I ask the right question, the right, right topic, I can get you talking about something, right? Some of you are really good at talking about sports. Some of you are really good at talking about cars or hunting or fishing or guns or working out or eating right or politics or, or COVID or vaccines. Some of you can talk about something. I mean, all of you can talk about something, right? This, it doesn't get any better than this. Can, can you talk about Jesus? Can you talk about the Bible? Are your words filled in such a way that that this flows out of you. Is this flowing into you so that it's flowing out of you? Talk, talk about this. You don't have to, maybe you should, but you don't have to preach on the street corner, right? But you're always talking to somebody about something. Pass along this. Pass along the faith. And we'd be wise to follow not just what Paul does, but how he does it. Notice how he introduces himself. I mean, this is Paul. If anybody had the right to be like, hey, listen up, I'm Paul. You know, like this, this would be the guy. He starts with Paul, a servant of God. And yours may have a little footnote there because that word means bond servant or slave servant. This is, I mean, he is putting himself in the most humble of positions. You know how not to lead somebody to the faith? Be arrogant. <laughs> if, you, if you act like, you know, you're, you're really somebody, and nobody wants to hear that. Paul, of everybody, he's, I'm a servant of God. He's not coming as the king. He is coming as the messenger for the king. We come in humility to our brothers and sisters and say, hey, I'm just one beggar helping other beggars find bread. I'm just pointing you to the good news that has changed my life. He is a servant. We are serving God, all of His wishes. And then he says he is an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now that title, and the way he uses it, is reserved for him, the first 12 disciples, and him. Right? They are apostles. But that word literally means sent ones. And so just like Paul was sent... We too are sent. We have a mission to carry out a good news to proclaim to the world. Which leads to our last observation about faith. Our faith is shared. Our faith is shared. In verse 4, Paul tells Titus, My true child in a common faith. Man, what a beautiful and endearing description. Paul has shared the gospel. He's the one that apparently led Titus to faith. And so now he says, You're, you're my son. In the faith, you are my son. Titus' spiritual father is Paul. Paul's spiritual son is Titus. This is a family. Man, that, has, that means so much. tells us so much about this group right here, doesn't it? We, we are a family. We're not just people who happen to show up and connect occasionally. On a week. We, we are a family. We have a shared faith. We are closely knit together in a bond that is, is even deeper than blood. It is redeemed. We are redeemed in Him. And so now we have this shared faith together. Your, your own family, I mean, think about how much you love your family. This is us together. We are shared in this faith. Whatever else we may share in common, whatever other hobbies or interests that we may, we may you know, have fun talking about, we, we have this together. We have the faith. And that unites us more than anything else. Man, I pray that in 2021 we would grow and grow in mighty ways. That our fruits in our personal lives and for us as a church would be evident to so many people. Man, that our children and youth ministries would just be dynamic and exciting. I, I, I would love for us to, as our missions go forward, to make an impact in so many different ways. I, I want us to grow and grow and grow. But it starts with growing in faith. Growing in trust and knowledge of our Savior 
of knowing Him more deeply, loving Him more dearly. That, that's what it looks like for us to grow, to grow in faith in 2021. I pray that as we walk through this uh, really simple and short but powerful book of Titus, that you would grow with us, that you would dive into God's Word and let it wash over you in such a way that your faith would be stirred and that you would grow, that you'd be sound in doctrine and zealous for good works.